Welcome to the show called Let's Talk Homeschool. I'm Davis, and today I'm with a guest, Damian Ludwigzak, a scientist from NASA. So we're going to have a great conversation about astronomy today. But as you know, this is the show where we talk about everything homeschooling, the who, what, when, where, why, and how. We want to affirm and encourage you in the decision to homeschool, challenge and inspire you to take it to new heights, and celebrate everything you get to experience along the way. This podcast is sponsored by Apologia Educational Ministries. Go to Apologia.com, a great place to explore creation. Today's show is titled, Exploring Creation with Astronomy. Okay, Damien, let's talk homeschool. Welcome to the show, Damien. You are the author of a fairly new textbook for Apologia, Exploring Creation with Astronomy, the high school version. We have an elementary version, but this is the 7th through 12th grade textbook, and we wanted to let people know about it and get to know you a little bit. So let's just, you're obviously a scientist, you work at NASA, give us the short bio. How'd you become interested in science and space? Well, first of all, thank you, Davis, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. This is a fantastic opportunity. Um, my, my interest with uh, astronomy, science, uh, anything space started when I was young. Uh, I was inspired for, during the Apollo missions to the moon. I was a young boy, four or five years old, remember watching it on TV, always thinking to myself how, how neat and cool it was that somebody was on a different planet on our moon walking around, and I wanted to be part of it someday. Uh, always was interested in airplanes and rocketry and things like that since I was little. Um, and so from that, um, went through the, you know, the high school, the standard high school um, education. And then when I went off to college, I went for aerospace engineering. And that's when it really started for me. I got an opportunity to intern at NASA uh, as a college student and came here for uh, one summer, worked on some really interesting projects of um, uh, using the uh, space shuttle and finished out my senior year in college and got, uh, got an opportunity to come here and work full time. And ever since then, I've had such incredible opportunities to work on rockets. I've actually worked on some aircraft, but uh, my more recent activities over the last, I'll say 10, 15 years have been with human spaceflight and actually some of the hardware now going back to the moon, uh, not only to orbit the moon, but actually go down on the surface and explore uh, the lunar surface and getting us ready to go off and do so much more um, distant activity with humans, and that's going on to Mars. So it's been a, a very enjoyable trip, and uh, throughout that process, enjoyed looking up at the moon, got involved with telescopes, uh, always was intrigued by the stars, the constellations, how we navigated two distant planets using the, the uh, distant uh, galaxies, and just want to know more about it. So I started reading up on how things like the sun works and distant stars and how how scientists know how far away stars are. And you know, with today's uh, James Webb telescope, we're really seeing distant galaxies and even solar systems. And it's just incredible. It's, it's awesome. Well, it, it is. Uh, so as I told you, I actually did the astronomy course with my uh, son last year when he was a senior in our high school. And I, I'm a mechanical engineer by education, but I'm not an astronomer. And I learned quite a bit about astronomy going through the course with him, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. But 
I also know that you are working on some pretty exciting things right now. So tell us what you're currently working on in NASA. What kind of projects are in the works? Okay, right now um, I'm working on a, uh, a vehicle called Gateway. And Gateway is NASA's vehicle. It's a space station that's going to orbit the moon. Uh, the Gateway vehicle is comprised of multiple parts, so they call them elements. And the current element that I am the subsystem manager on for structural and mechanical systems is called power and propulsion element. Uh, that element has the, uh, all the propulsion for the vehicle, has the, uh, the communications uh, for the Gateway vehicle, and also includes all the electrical power we're going to need, so it includes all the solar rays. So we're a very important element of this overall gateway vehicle. That, that vehicle uh, is going to be utilized by astronauts as they come from Earth to the moon. They will rendezvous with gateway. Uh, they will utilize it as a habitat for, uh, for a few days. And then they'll get into a different vehicle. And they'll go down to the surface of the moon, do their exploration. And then when they're done and ready to come back to Earth, they come back up to gateway gives them a, a, a nice habitat to live in for a few days, and then they get in a different vehicle and come back to Earth. So it's a way to sustain our um, presence around the moon. It's not just out there and back. It's We have a permanent base now that we can we can have people uh, at to explore the moon. So, so that that is pretty exciting because people are probably aware of the International Space Station that I assume is orbiting Earth, correct? Correct. And I, I also worked on that vehicle as a young engineer coming out of college. So it's it's like the space station come, that's around the Earth, but now it's just going to be around the moon. Okay. So so when was the last time a man was on the moon? Geez, I think it was 1974. I think was, I was the last say week. the mid-70s probably. Right. So it's been it's a long been time. A while. This could be a very exciting time for our country and the world just to kind of maybe get excited about God's creation again, the moon that's so close and or relatively close compared to the other planets and the galaxies and so forth. So let's talk a little bit about creation. Apologia is a creation-based curriculum publisher. This textbook is clearly creation-based, but it's an astronomy book. It's a, telling us about the, the science and the facts of astronomy. Yeah, so we got the solar system, we got the Kuiper belt, the Oort cloud, and then it, it continues out beyond that. So as a scientist yourself, who's made a career doing this kind of work, how did you become one to view God as the creator of it all? Or why should a scientist view the world as being created by God? Well, I've always been intrigued with something as simple as um, a flower, uh, a little insect. And as I got older and went through my education and became, quote, smart, right? How, how to model these things and how to get things to work and how airplanes worked and how rockets work and all the, all the knowledge it takes to, say, get a person onto the surface of the moon. I started realizing that we just scratched the surface of what we know. And as intelligent as we are in everything we do, even on Earth with all of our biosciences and that, we cannot create something as simple as a, as a blade of grass, a flower, a bee. And so over, over my career, I, I grew up uh, a Christian family. And um, 
I never doubted there was a, was God or a, you know, uh, my Christian God, but um, I started thinking that the, the, the evidence is here on earth, right? We cannot create all these quote, simple things. And as smart as we think we are, um, there is definitely a higher being out there. That's an incredible um, uh, blueprint map, right? Our genetics, if you look at the genetic engineering, all the scientists that take a look at our genetics say, what a beautiful blueprint on human life and what it takes to create a human. That's from a higher being. And in addition, if you go back into our earlier scientists from you know, the 1600s, 1700s, there was an era there where um, there was a strong belief in, in God. And it goes back to, to the area, our era of Newton, even Newton himself with as famous as he is with all his equations of motion, has always said that it was a, um, a divine creation and a divine intervention of how things worked in the universe. And so um, that just strengthened my knowledge that as smart as we think we are, we're, we're not that smart as, as human beings and that there is a higher being, there is a God out there. And if you just stop and take a look, uh, you can see all kinds of wondrous things on earth or in, in the sky, the stars, the planets, that there, to me, there has to be a God that created everything. Well, one of the things that jumped out at me when I was uh, going through the astronomy book with my son is we're only looking at and even studying in many ways a fraction of what exists. And that really jumped out at me when you were teaching in the textbook about dark matter uh, antimatter, dark energy. And mm -hmm. I never even think in terms of those pieces of creation. And we're really just, I mean, most people are probably completely unaware of that because we work with our senses and what we can see and touch and smell right here on earth, let right. alone the galaxies that we can see with light or with uh, you know, other types of telescopes, non-optical telescopes. And so there really is just a quantity of creation to explore. And then, as you were saying, the complexity of what we are able to touch and feel and, and experiment with. That's correct. You know, and it's interesting is that it, when it comes to science, we try and replicate science through mathematical equations and try to do our understanding with, with knowledge of science and math. And when we get to a point where we can't explain something, then we label it something like, dark energy or dark matter. We don't understand it. And the, the reason they, they, they call it dark energy is that they just can't see it, right? It's like being in a dark room. Um, the analogy I always give everybody is if you go into a dark room and you shut the lights off, you can't see anything. And you ask somebody, is there furniture in this room or is there a lamp? And do you see that? And they would say, no, I can't see anything. And then you flick on a light or a lamp and all of a sudden now there's furniture and a light. So just because you can't see it and just because you cannot detect it with our current technologies does not mean it's not there. And so we, we bucket these things as scientists and engineers is we don't know it, we can't detect it, therefore it must not be in existence, but that's not true. We can't explain certain things and it's just we're limited in our knowledge. And, and that's what I think is fantastic for young students who are interested in these things and they read about it, uh, studying 
the, the astronomy book, but other things in, in sciences and the maths, maybe they can come up with a theory that will explain it. But until somebody can do that, we just call it dark matter, dark energy. Uh, we, don't, we don't know what it is, but it's there. That's great. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to return to this conversation with Damien Lebuzak, our author of Exploring Creation with Astronomy. We'll be right back. We want to thank our sponsor, Apologia Educational Ministries. Their mission is to help homeschooling families learn, live, and defend the Christian faith. Apologia is the number one publisher of creation-based curricula for homeschooling families with hundreds of number one awards. Now that's impressive, but more importantly, that's why Apologia is trusted by homeschooling families all across the USA and the world. Go to Apologia.com, a great place to explore creation. Well, welcome back. We are talking with Damien Ledwigzak, author of Exploring Creation with Astronomy. And we've covered a little bit about how Damien got interested in science as a young man in high school and college, and then started working at NASA and has made a career out of that, working on the International Space Station, and now the Lunar Space Station that's in progress. We've talked some about why it's good and why it makes sense for a scientist to believe that God actually created it all. And we're still doing scientists. I mean, Damien is doing scientific work as a creation-based scientist that gets people to space and to the moon. So th this is real science, but with a, a model that fits saying that God created it all. So let's talk a little bit about the astronomy book itself. This is a seventh through 12th grade book. I did it with my son as a senior in high school. As you were writing it, being a scientist working for NASA, what was the most enjoyable part for you to actually work on this curriculum? Well, I was, I was very happy to be given the opportunity to try and explain to uh, the high school uh, students how we know certain things. When I grew up, one of my biggest things was, um, I hear you and I know what you're telling me, but how do you know? How, how, why, why do you say that? So when I wrote the book, um, my main objective was to try and show at the, at a, at a um, appropriate level, how scientists and engineers know certain things or how we think we know certain things. For instance, someone says there's a star out there that's, uh, you know, a um, hundred or, or, or 10 light years away. Well, how do you know that? You know, I don't just, I don't like taking things just for face value because someone told me, I like to understand how they do it. Or they tell me that the star or the sun is a certain temperature. Okay, how do you know that? No one's been on the surface of the sun, uh, yet we uh, have an understanding of how the sun works and what the temperatures are. So my big, big thing was to try and explain to everybody the science behind what we know and how we know it, and uh, the math and science behind that, and also to let everybody know that um, there are many things we don't understand, and here are some of the ones that we don't. So uh, more of a question, understanding of how we know what we think we know, and then also to, to pose the challenge out there to everybody to say, and here's areas we don't know things in, uh, study it. Maybe you will be the one that can solve these unknowns for us. But I, I was um, very happy to be able to explain uh, the, the science behind what we know, orbital mechanics, um, temperatures of suns or stars, how far away those stars are, things like that. I've always wondered, 
And I explained to my family, but having the opportunity to explain to others was a real blessing for me. So I appreciate yeah. that opportunity, Davis. Yeah, there are a couple of things on that subject that were intriguing to me as a scientist as well, a mechanical engineer by education. And that was surface of some of the gaseous planets. So from Jupiter, Saturn, uh, Uranus, and Neptune, how to determine the diameter of those planets when there is no solid surface. And so mm -hmm. basically you had to define a, a pressure that says, okay, when we get to this pressure, that's gonna be the equivalent of the same location for a solid planet like Earth. Uh, right. So things like that were really fascinating where you, as a scientist, you have to define some things, you have to measure some things and you have to figure out how to measure some things. And the, the other thing on that topic was just how with astronomy, Originally, before telescopes, people were looking at the planets with their naked eye. And I love to see Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn. Those are three planets that I personally have wanted to identify and I can identify in the sky because you can see them with your naked eye. Um, mm -hmm. And so it, there's a, a creating some interest for myself personally, as well as the moon, which you know we can all see. But then the telescope was invented, and that opened up a whole new world in terms of wow, Jupiter actually has some moons. We didn't even know that. Right. Then the next generation of telescopes uh, that you know, allow us to see things that you know are just even further away with more detail. And like you're saying, the excitement that could happen with a book like this, generating interest for a young budding scientist to continue their work with the current in, uh, technology and or develop a new technology to continue as we like to say, exploring creation. Correct. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. And that's what I was hoping to get across was there's still many challenges to be to be um, overcome and to challenge those who read the book to give an idea of what those challenges are and to um, indicate that, you know, it's wide open. And, and not only that, our current definitions of things, they're, they're still, they change often. You know, even the definition of where space begins from our from Earth, that has changed over the last 50 years. And we finally settled down on what scientists consider that uh, interface to be. But there's so much more out there. It's such an exciting field, so many unknowns. And it, it does show the, the the incredible creation of God, right? Is, you, is there so many new things we keep seeing with the new James Webb telescope and all these distant galaxies and stars, it's fantastic and um, wondrous. And you got to wonder how how it's all created. Well, in my belief, God created it all, and we're we're here enjoying it, and we're trying to understand it. And um, I hope the next young scientists can maybe uh, explain even more to us as they as they study their 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 astronomy classes, their math sciences. Well, that's a great way to start wrapping this up. What would you personally recommend to some of our young? Uh, students that are either listening to this podcast or taking an apology of course, if they're interested in astronomy or space, what would you recommend to them in terms of how to continue their studies or their career path? I, I think, first of all, curiosity is important. You have to be curious about why things are the way they are. And then when it comes to trying to explain or model that, um, understand uh, your math and your sciences. Uh, physics is an important uh, course, but I look at it as 
you know, uh, there's a language out there that we use to explain everything. And that language is mathematics. Um, it's just a language. I know a lot of people don't like it. It's a bunch of numbers and all that, but it is a language to explain something. And uh, I would say, study it, get comfortable with it. Um, if you look at an equation, uh, don't just look at it and memorize it. Try and understand what it's telling you. One thing we do here at NASA is we, um, we take a look at something and we will put an equation up on the board and then we will walk through it and say, what is it telling us? And it's not just a math equation. It is actually um, a way of communication back. And I'd say be comfortable and relax and, and look up, be curious, get a telescope if you, if you can. Have that curiosity factor. Study hard <laughs> would, be my, would be my advice. That sounds great. Well, you know, these conversations we have are always interesting. I love talking to the authors of Apologia Curriculum. Damien, thank you for being with us today. Is there any last things you'd like to share with our audience that you haven't you know, shared so far? I would say um, no matter what you might hear out there in the news, and I always understand that God created all these wonderful things. Sometimes scientists can get frustrated with that fact. Even though uh, we can't explain some things with mathematics, know that God is much more powerful than any of our abilities to understand things. Uh, I think in my mind, uh, we are created to try and understand it, to be curious, um, but don't ever um, doubt that there uh, is a higher being, a being, our God that has created all these wonderful things on earth and to enjoy them. Look up, be curious, uh, study uh, the constellations, learn how to use it for navigation purposes, and um, just appreciate what we are provided. Fantastic. Well, as always, it's time to bring these conversations to a close. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time. If you liked what you heard, please write a review, share it with your friends, or send us an email. The address is podcast at apologia.com. This is Let's Talk Homeschool, and I'm your host, Davis Carmen, with our special guest, Damian Ludwigzak, author of Exploring Creation with Astronomy. This podcast is sponsored by Apologia Educational Ministries. Go to Apologia.com, a great place to explore creation. Well, have a great day, and until next time, we are walking by faith and enjoying the homeschooling adventure of a lifetime.